Welcome back to Lockdown Universe, home of the bizarre, peculiar, and unheard of stories of UFO legend and lore. And today, I'm going to talk about Ingo Swan. Now, if you don't know who Ingo Swan is, he was a remote viewer um, for the CIA, uh, along with some of the other remote viewers I had discussed. And in this episode, I'm going to discuss about uh, a little incident where he was tasked with looking at the dark side of the moon. And what did he see on the dark side of the moon? Let's dig in. So I got an article from uh, a website called the Remote Viewing Community Magazine. And it was written by Monad Mantis. And it's a good read if you get a chance. Um, But Ingo Swan uh, goes back to the 60s and 70s of remote viewing, and he wrote a book called Penetration, which explores the relationship between extraterrestrial contact with humans and telepathy. And he has a lot of evidence uh, and a lot of extensive experience in this field. Uh, So what he was tasked with by a CIA agent who he names just Axel, um, he provided Ingo with a specific target on the moon. The aim of this was to determine the contents at the site. Now, Ingo didn't know he was going to the moon, but later he was debriefed. He's just given coordinates, and he has to discuss what he sees at these coordinates. And what he saw was, during his time on this expedition, he concluded that he was likely on the dark side of the moon, and... He was surprised to detect that there was some sort of atmosphere on that side of the moon. So it it might be that they had created an artificial atmosphere just on that side of the moon and maybe not the other side. Um, So obviously this was the beginning of many surprises for Ingo on this grand adventure here. Um, But he was given coordinates and he became aware of a greenish haze and reported that this haze was emanating from a crater uh, and surrounded by darkness before the haze appeared to be coming off of actual lights on top of huge towers. And at this point, Ingo apologized to Axel, assuming that this vision must have been a consequence of an error on his part um, and that he couldn't possibly be seeing lights on the moon. He was surprised as well. And it, he appeared very bewildered, uh, and as well as the CIA agent. He, so uh, Ingo went on to discover more. Uh, he goes on to tell Axel that there were towers that had humongous lights that appeared to be extremely large, and he asked if either NASA or the Soviets had a secret base on the moon or some sort of you know military operation, and he received no answer from the CIA agent. <clears throat> so the CIA agent was really there just to ask him questions, not for Ingo to ask him questions. The CIA agents wanted to verify information that they had received uh, from photograph uh, photographic evidence from satellites that kind of came out blurry. Well, why do you think they came out blurry? It's probably because the aliens put forth some sort of scrambling technology on these satellites were going around the moon or the atmosphere that they produce puts out a scrambling single signal and they they're not able to get the information that they want so um ingo 
wrestled with the the possibility that he was on the moon, and he wrestled with the potential that this technology was not ours. And he straight up asked Axel, he said, hey, is this stuff ours? And Axel only replied with, quite a surprise, isn't it? Quote, unquote, quite a surprise, isn't it? <laughs> so, it's, you know, it's never a straight answer with these guys, these alphabet soup, you know, military government agencies. So shortly after this, Axel admitted to Ingo that his psychic expedition did indeed involve attempting to interpret photographic evidence that they acquired from the moon. Uh, so they had they ended that session. Then they had another session. And Axel gave Ingo more coordinates on the moon, and Ingo reported more towers and various other machines giving off lights and various colors uh, in the midst of very unusual buildings. So they had kind of excavating machinery as well as buildings at this location. Some of the buildings in Ingo's mine uh, were designed by an, a higher intelligence, so he knew kind of where he was at and what was going on with this situation. Uh, and that it wasn't just some sort of accident or, you know, an, you know, some sort of strange occurrence that these buildings were there. Um, <clears throat> and then he, at this point, he became aware of some sort of humanoid creatures that were on the moon. <clears throat> and they were surrounded by a dark green mist and digging into the side of the cliff. But this wasn't the end. This was merely the beginning of strangeness to uh, occur. Some of the, the beings that were at that site began to talk very excitedly, and they pointed in Ingo's direction. Well, Ingo isn't actually there, right? He's just there in an, an out-of-body, ethereal body, or interpreting this information psychically. His body's not there. Yet... The fact remains is that these beings were pointing in his direction, they were excited, they were concerned, and at this point, Ingo tells Axel what's going on. He's like, hey, these guys are where I'm here, what should I do? And the CIA agent Axel stated he should psychically move away from the place. So now, Ingo's a little bit concerned, right? He's like, well, you want me to move away from this place? Do I need to fear for my safety? Do I need to be worried that... They're going to try to come attack me from at Earth, on Earth, just psychically being on the moon. Can they track me down? And at this point, Axel stated that there's no conclusive evidence to suggest that. But, you know, that's not super reassuring when, uh, you know, it's kind of a bland statement. There's no evidence to conclude that. Well, okay, but, uh, you know, those guys saw I was there. Um, but apparently... There was a, a different phenomenon at work. Um, he began to wonder how these beings could have the ability to know that he was there, and it was suggested to him that the, the beings were able to have a feeling of vibrations emanating from Ingo's mind. So maybe you know they were able to feel a vibration of, of a consciousness being there, but that they couldn't necessarily track down his exact identification and who he is. Um, but, you know, if I was Ingo, I'd be a little concerned, and I'd be worried for my safety as well. Um, <clears throat> so he, he suggested to Axel that there might be some sort of cross-dimensional, quote-unquote, element to this ability, 
and expressed fear that they were able to hone in uh, on his telepathic signal. So he he was definitely concerned. I mean, Ingo had a had at this point had a lot of experience in you know remote viewing, in out of body experiences, and in and in intelligence gathering. You know, you know, for uh, the government and reconnaissance work for the government. Yet, I mean, he's really concerned here at this point because apparently he had not been seen by any any other beings except for these beings. So, you know, and the concern also is that why were these beings concerned and why are they on the dark side of the moon? Because they want to be secretive, right? They don't want anybody to know they're there. And Ingo was obviously a threat to intelligence gathering and to being there. <clears throat> so uh, the remote viewing targets always require feedback in the form of empirical verification or falsification. Um, and in 1976, Ingo received in the mail a plain envelope lacking a return address or a postmark. So it's just a plain envelope <laughs> addressed to him, and it contained a book called Somebody Else is on the Moon, written by George Leonard. And so Ingo reads through this book two, three times. I mean, he's just super interested in it. Obviously, he was doing work looking at people on the moon, looking at different beings on the moon and their work. And it became apparent to Ingo that uh, while this book was in the process of being written, the CIA knew this, and they wanted to kind of know what this guy was writing about, what exactly was over there on the other side of the moon, what what was true and what was not true, and, and to kind of have some backup verification. And uh, Ingo states that it seems as though, for the most part, the beings were mining, manufacturing, communicating, and building on the moon. For what purposes, we don't know. Does the moon have some sort of mining uh, mineral interest? Uh, is there any, something special up there that they need? Um, are they trying to build a society? Is it just a base to monitor us earthlings? You know, what is it? Um, so, I mean, there, there's been reports on the moon for decades, you know, dating back to Neil Armstrong and all those guys, uh, Buzz Aldrin, and some reports come out of there stating that some farmer in the middle of uh, the United States picked up a second signal, not the primary signal that everybody heard, but a second signal, a backup radio signal, stating that the astronauts who were up there were talking, and he picked that signal up, and they stated that there were huge ships on the other side of the crater where they were at, and they didn't look too friendly, and he was, and they asked Houston whether or not they should, you know, skedaddle and boogaloo out of there, uh, but uh, that was only picked up by a few different people. I've only heard a couple stories about that, and, you know, it's unverified, but, you know, again, you know, a lot of rumors and speculation usually have some sort of truth to it, um, whether it be a nurse that saw the three bodies in a Roswell hospital or the coroner who worked on or you know, uh, declared the bodies dead or a priest who was asked to come and give last rites to the three beings who crashed in Roswell. There's stories that abound from everywhere and, and from, you know, average citizens. And these stories are, you know... It, it, 
whether they're true or not, I mean, people are putting them out there and, you know, why would people have a reason to lie? I mean, the only reason you're going to state that story is if it's true because you're only going to get ridiculed. People are only going to make fun of you and, um, you know, it's, there's no real reason to lie. But Ingo Swan is verified. He, he, he worked for the CIA and he had his own concerns. And <clears throat> so there was another interesting story, um, but I'll leave that for another another time. Um, but apparently, he I'll give you a little a little tip here. <laughs> he he's gone through uh, many different stores in his um, area. He lives in California, and that's kind of where Stanford Research Institute is in Menlo Park, and that's you know a, a humongous parapsychological uh, research facility, and. Um, as he goes to different stores and he goes out in the community, he, he, his psychic abilities are so heightened that he can actually tell whether or not an individual is an alien or not. He states that he, he uh, was in a grocery store and could tell that a woman actually wasn't uh, human, even though she looked human. And he verified it back through channels, through psychics he had worked with in the government and and task them to take a look at this person, this individual, to see if they were indeed an alien uh, or not human. And uh, what had, the results that came back were that she was a non-human entity. So um, he, it, it just goes to show that Ingo has a lot of skill, um, has a lot of information, um, and this is not the only information he has. He has a whole book called Penetration, which talks about a lot of these stories. And I talked about earlier in the podcast. If you're interested, pick up the book or, you know, do some research online. Really interesting stuff. Um, so take a look at it. I hope you guys are doing well, staying healthy and taking care of yourselves. Continue to pursue your hobbies and interests. And until next time, Lockdown Universe out. One last P.S. I forgot to add in here is that uh, Ingo Swan stated that he, while he has psychic powers, he actually found out that there's a next level to psychic powers, and it wasn't until he started to work with Qigong or Qigong, which is uh, a Chinese form of mental exercise as well as physical exercise, um, to harness chi energy from the earth. Um, he called it telepathy plus, and it was when he started to work with chi gong or qi gong. I'm not exactly sure. Some people say it certain ways. Some people say it other ways, but it's spelled Q-I, then a space, and then G-O-N-G. Um, so take a look at that because I'm going to explore that in another episode where people have found healing properties through Qigong and uh, found that there's a lot of uh, heightening of human telepathy and capabilities through, uh, through this exercise. So keep your eyes open for that. Till next time, Lockdown Universe out. Okay, there's one last, last part to this story, which is super, super interesting. And I know this is a PSSS, but you got to listen to this. It's very, very strange. So <clears throat> Ingo 
one time, like I talked about earlier, was out at the uh, grocery store, and he happened across this woman who was scantily dressed and caused him to experience an intense wave of goosebumps throughout his body. And at the time, he had an intuitive conviction that this woman was an alien. And so this is this is going back to the story I talked about in the first portion, but you got to hear this detail because it's really bizarre. <clears throat> so at the time, uh, Ingo noticed that at least one of the agents he had worked with during his remote viewing sessions on the moon was observing the woman in his vicinity as well. So there's two people just randomly happen to be there also with this woman who happened to be an alien. So in his mind, the presence of the agency worked with, coupled with his intuition, had convinced him beyond all, all reasonable doubt that the female entity he was observing was an alien. More remarkably yet, Ingo employed the intuition of a fellow psychic who had accompanied him to the, to the supermarket, and in an attempt to confirm his suspicions, he asked the fellow, who he refers to as Conrad, if he detected anything unusual about the entity now leaving the supermarket. And, and Conrad responded, well, if you mean do I think she's an extraterrestrial, yes. We've got a lot of them here in La La Land, which is Los Angeles. So <clears throat> what's even more disturbing is this, this story gets even deeper down the rabbit hole. Um, two women he had decided to speak with about the matter told Ingo that they were indeed everywhere in the area and that some of them were bio-androids, bio-androids, quote-unquote, and that they pose a larger danger out of defensiveness on the grounds that they know Earth psychics pose a real danger to them. So one of the psychics he talked to was a, a, a clairvoyant who specialized in psychic mapping of human biofields and who used this ability to diagnose diagnose diseases. Uh, And this was a legitimacy that was confirmed by actual physicians. But it continues to go down the rabbit hole. The incidents proved to be of great interest to Axel, the CIA agent who tasked him to go remote view the moon, who called Ingo on the telephone shortly after the incident. And Axel inquired as to why Ingo was at the supermarket at this time and asked him if he had ever seen that woman prior to the incident and if he had seen her since. And Ingo denied both, and Axel asked him why he had been looking at her. Ingo stated that he had gotten the impression that somehow she was different and that uh, he responded that he had an intuitive sense that she was an alien. So disturbingly to Ingo, Axel demanded to know if Ingo had the impression that she had noticed him psychically uh, examining her and insisted that the entity that he was viewing was extremely dangerous and to avoid her if he encountered her again. So the scantily clad woman was extremely dangerous. Now it continues down the rabbit hole. We're not done yet. So it slowly began to dawn on Ingo that Axel was actually in an uproar over what the Earthsiders refer to as telepathy, not on his part, but on the part of the female. The fact that Axel was quite serious with his inquiries seemed to imply that the female or the extraterrestrial had a serious type of telepathy capable of something dire, and this is in Ingo's book. 
a, telep a type of telepathy plus, as one might suppose, a type which, beyond being a channel for information exchange, might also achieve something along the lines of mind-bending or fried brains. And Axel knew that they existed, and that at least some of them were dwelling Earthside, and that they were in possession of this telepathy plus, as uh, Ingo called it. I mean, and you might want to say telepathy plus is, you know, telekinesis. You know, telepathy plus telekinesis. Or something even stranger than just being able to move items, being able to control minds, being able to control behaviors. And they call that remote influencing in some of the projects like Stargate uh, and Grow Flame and others, where they refer to uh, projects where they tried to remote influence world leaders in meetings, making decisions. So... Uh, this is a really interesting portion of the story. Um, I just wanted to put this in as a PSS because it was just too fascinating to give, give up and not let you guys know about. Um, <clears throat> so there you have it. Five-minute little snippet, but very interesting story. Anyway, I promise that this one will be the end. Lockdown Universe, out.